It's HPR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. Today we're remembering a one-time guest here on the show, and a legendary British drummer, Alan White, who passed away today at 72 after a brief unnamed illness at his home in Seattle. Alan played on some of rock and the world's biggest songs, and with some of the most critically acclaimed artists. It's Alan on Imagine, alongside John Lennon. And that's Alan on Instant Karma, also with John Lennon. And while Alan White would work with George Harrison and the Beatles too, and Joe Cocker and Ginger Baker from Cream, it was perhaps his decades with British rockers, yes, he'll be most remembered for. And it was when Yes played Hawaii in April 2012 that he was our guest. We share highlights of that interview today to remember drum legend Alan White on HBR's All Things Considered. Aloha, mahalo, brother Alan. How you doing, dude? I'm good, man. Good to talk to Aloha. you. Aloha to you. I'm giving you a hug, a high five, and thank you very much. Hey, it's a pleasure. We're grateful for your time, and, and we'll talk about the band in a moment, but in terms of Hawaii, you're a West Coast brother, too, which is nice. You've matriculated to America, I guess I could describe it. And how many times when you think of Hawaii have you come out here? What's your memories of, of Hawaii? Oh, my God, a lot. I, uh, let's say I, I have a good friend that lives on Oahu. He owns a dive shop over there. Name's Jack Aaron, and I stayed his house, and he told me how to dive like 25, at least 25 years ago, probably more. <laughs> so <laughs> I know quite a lot of the, the dive spots. Around, around at least Oahu and Maui and places like that. So I know exactly who you're talking about, Jack's Dive Shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, he, he told me how to dive. He got me certified and all that kind of stuff. And we had a ball. Just showed me some great things. And uh, he took me some very adventurous diving, like underneath Diamond Head. <laughs> underneath Diamond Head. That's an experience. Yeah, there's actually a grotto underneath that. There are enough people. Well, I'm sure people know but on the island if you dive. You go down about 60 feet into a hole and we'll come up inside Diamond Head and there's a beach in there. And there's lots of big fish in there. They get trapped in there. It's cool, dude. You have such a connection. <laughs> And over the years, you've come here to play, too. You've come here so many times, I don't expect you to remember it. But you came in 2003, you played with the symphony here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A big show. It was a pretty big show. You were doing the long songs on that tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close to the edge and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the band's repertoire is so huge now, so we get to choose from a lot of different areas. What made you decide to be residing in Washington State? I've always been curious what inspired that location. Uh, well, there's a small thing called my wife. <laughs> but, yeah, my wife, Gigi. I heard, flashing back to a pretty historic moment in your life, um, I heard you thought it was a prank call when John Lennon called you in 69. How had you gotten on his radar? I was, like, living in a house with a bunch of guys and in Wembley, London, and I knew people that worked at Apple. and I was friendly with them, and sometimes I'd go around... Apple headquarters that I didn't really know John or George or any of those guys and um, I guess John decided he wanted to do the show in Toronto, Canada and apparently he'd seen me play in a club a couple of days before and I didn't even know he was there but I was playing with my own band. We played a set and apparently he came in and he was there for about 20 minutes off and then he left. But he remembered 
watching me, I guess. And then so he called me up, and I didn't think it was him. I thought it was a friend of mine playing around with me. It was like uh, it was it was like a weekend in the morning, and you know that kind of thing. I was waking up. I think I was cooking breakfast or something. And um, I put the phone down. Then I get a call back five minutes later saying, no, this is really John Lennon, and uh, I want you to do a gig. Uh, is it possible? And uh, if so, I send a limo to pick you up in the morning. And uh, I almost fell off my seat right there. And then basically, uh, a car came to pick me up. I had the one side note to this whole thing was my band was really peed off with me because they had a gig that night and we couldn't do the gig because I was going to go play for John Lennon <laughs> so uh, anyhow that's that's basically what happened in the very beginning and we went went to Canada rehearsed on the plane I had a pair of drumsticks and a few acoustic guitars and Eric Clapton was playing guitar and went like we got then and half an hour later went on stage <laughs> so it was, it was jumping in the deep end, basically. Was he a fun guy to work for? Oh, yeah. He was a lot of fun to be around. You know, people sometimes don't see that part of him, but he was a great guy, really studious, and he, he was funny at the same time, but he knew what he wanted to do. You could tell he had a driven course, and he was very serious about his music, and um, he kind of, in some ways, took me under his wing. You know, I was obviously quite a bit younger than him, and then he kind of took me under his wing. He said, Alan, whatever you do, keep playing it. He said, it's great. <laughs> and that, that's all he ever said to me when we were in the studio and stuff, so... Well, wow, so he didn't provide a lot of direction. No, he just let me do whatever parts I came up with. He just said, that's great, I'll just keep doing that. When you say take you under his wing, does that include you graduated from performing and recording with him to then doing the work with George? Was that because of him? Yeah, well, through him, while we were recording Imagine, George would come down and not sit in but he kind of comes to dinner. we'd sit there and I'll have dinner in the evening around 7 seven thirty every night and uh, George would come and I'd talk to him and John and stuff like that and when it came to all things must pass George invited me to be involved so those three different drummers but I was there both days actually and uh, it's funny because it was kind of like being part of the Beatles family as it were and once you accepted it that I just became part of the scenery you know right yeah I get that part of the scenery they just are used to seeing you around so are you saying that your professional engagements with Lennon and Harrison led to friendships with these cats yeah I was pretty friendly with both of the guys. I think actually in a way, well, with George too. He was such a sweet guy and so was John, but George is just one of those guys who wouldn't hurt a mouse, you know? Great to talk to, very, very light-spoken and was just really, really nice to people. When I got involved with yes, I pretty much was solidly into yes and we were touring all the time. I really didn't have time to do anything else but yes and July this year, I've been in the band four years, so it's been a lot of work. <laughs> yes, it has. As a final question for you before I let you go, uh, drummers, your favorites, and I'll tell you who my favorites are, too. We'll swap drummers. People ask that question of me a lot, and uh, uh, 
Boy, you know, I, I listen to a lot of guys like Lenny White, Alphonse Mousson. I used to listen a lot to those guys. And in fact, use kind of some of the approaches that they did in some of my playing. But nowadays, the guy from Dream Theater is great. He's a good friend. Tons of them. You can tell me your stuff. My two favorites would be Alan, John Bonham, and Cozy Powell. There you go. You like the hard-hitter guys. I do. Not only were they hard-hitters, but they were also very articulate, and they could tell me a lot of really great stuff, especially Bonham with some of the bass drum work he worked out. It was great. And Steve Gadd is the master of simple stuff. You know, so there's all kinds of areas, you know, you can look at. And I, I listen to all of them and kind of pull things off them. And uh, it's funny, I met Neil Pertworks and... and we were talking, and sometimes our styles get associated in, in some areas, right? And I said, well, you know, I did rip a couple of things off because there's a couple of things you did that I thought were really great, so I kind of used them. He said, don't worry, I ripped you off too. <laughs> so it was kind of a mutual thing. That's good stuff. Absolutely. Give you a high five and a hug, brother. I appreciate it. You being patient with me like that. And uh, I look forward to seeing you do everything I can to support your shows. I hope this wasn't a hassle doing this interview. All right. No problem. Be safe. And I'll see you guys when you come to town. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.